Well, hello and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. My name is Dave, and I just want to encourage you to settle in for an amazing word by Pastor Jeremy Wolfram on the importance of being still. All right, all right, all right. Well, welcome to church. If you got a Bible, open it up. Uh, grab your coffee. We're going to get right into the word. I want you to open your Bible to uh, Psalm 46 as well as Isaiah chapter 40. And I want to read some scriptures here today right off the hop. Psalm 40 says this, O Jacob, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, they'll find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Flip over to Psalm 46, verse 10. It says this, be still, be still, and know that I am God. And he says this, I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in all the earth. If you want a title to write down today about what we're talking about, I would just write these two simple words, be still. And I just want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's watching, every person that's taking in your word today. I pray that you would speak to them through your Holy Spirit and that they would know that you care about them, you're close, you're near, and you want to speak to their heart today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I got young kids, uh, they're getting older, they're entering the teenage years, and uh, I remember earlier in the summer, I was hanging out with my son and my nephew, and they were uh, watching a movie. I was trying to work at the kitchen table. They're in the family room adjacent to uh, the eat-in dining room, and I was trying to get some work done, but I wanted them to be quiet, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on a movie or let them play PS4 or something like that, and uh I'm sitting there trying to work, and they're kind of all over the couch and all over the map, and they're about 10 years old, 11 years old, and finally, I just get so agitated because uh, I'm trying to concentrate. I'm kind of focusing on all I'm seeing is these two boys just jumping around, shouting, and they're supposed to be watching a movie or playing a game. I'm like, guys, like, can you just sit still while you're doing that? And one of them looks at me. I can't remember if it was my son or my nephew, and they're like, I was, and, and I'm like, I, I was baffled, completely baffled that in the midst of all the movement and the going back and the forth and the up and down and all of those things, like they honestly believed with all their heart that they were just sitting still enjoying a movie. And I think sometimes in our lives, it feels like we are uh, going about life. And I think sometimes we think we rest well. I think we want to believe we calm our hearts well. I think we want to believe that we have peace of heart and mind. And yet, maybe what God sees is us moving frantically, fidgeting, always trying to make things happen. And, and every once in a while, God just wants us to be still because it's good for our heart. It's good for our mind. It's good for our lives and strengthening us to move forward. Because I, I, I think sometimes I look at my own life and I think, oh yeah, I, 
I, I am resting. I'm trusting God with that thing. But secretly in the back of my mind, I'm trying to work it out and I'm trying to figure out what I can do next. And, uh, you know, even sometimes, you know, I'll say to my spouse, be like, hey, babe, we just need to trust God. We don't need to worry about this. But in the back of my mind, I'm really worrying about it. So I'm, I'm putting out the projection that I'm, I'm calm and I'm still and it's not really where I'm at. And I think something we need to understand is that it may seem that at the most inconvenient times in our life, that's when God calls us to be still. That's when he asks us to settle our hearts, to slow down. And we're thinking, God, I got stuff to do. I got places to go. I got dreams to fulfill. I got fears and anxieties that I got to stay off. And it's in the midst of these inconvenient uh, times he might ask us to be still or even worse. I think sometimes we wonder and worry. And in the midst of that, God asks us to wait. It's like, what do you mean, God, wait? Just like that scripture said, you know, when we wait on the Lord, we renew our strength. It's like, no, I don't want to wait. I want to keep moving. I want to keep growing. I want to keep getting stronger. And what I want to do today is I want to share two stories with you from the Old Testament. And if you want to read them, you can look at Exodus 14, 11 to 13, uh, and 1 Chronicles 14, verses 8 to 17. And I don't have time to read all of them, so I'm going to pull some scriptures out, and I'm going to tell you the stories, and then we're going to relate this to what God wants to do in our lives. And so story number one, Exodus chapter 14. Here we find a people called the children of Israel. They were slaves in Egypt. God sends Moses to lead them out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And as they go out of Egypt and into the wilderness, they come to the Red Sea. Now they're on this journey and they're trying to just make their way to this promised land that God had for them. And when they get to the Red Sea, nobody seems to be too worried at first. But all of a sudden, the scripture reads like this. It says, and Pharaoh and his chariots caught up to the Israelites. Man, when your past catches up to you, when the things that cause you anxiety, the fears, all of those things catch up to you and you feel like you're caught between that and where you're going, the people began to panic. Now imagine this, I've gone on road trips. They're not my favorite thing in the world. Camping, definitely not my favorite thing in the world. But imagine camping in a road trip with a million of your family members. And people start getting antsy and people start getting anxious. And, and they're between Pharaoh and his chariots and the Red Sea. And this is what Moses, the leader, says to them. Verse 13. It says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, a little bit of context. <clears throat> in the previous verse, some of the people are actually saying, maybe we should have just stayed in Egypt because at least if we died there, we had graves to put our bodies in. I mean, like that's a really hopeful outlook on life. And in the midst of this fear and this anxiety, Moses is like, guys, guys, calm down. Just be still. Now, I'm a dad. I got three kids. And when we're riding in the vehicle and, and there's arguing and there's fighting and uh, there's talk back to their mother, which makes me really happy. Um, you know, I, I've learned that probably the best thing I can do is just raise my voice and say, everyone just needs to calm down. Doesn't help the situation very much. But in the midst of this inconvenient time, this anxious time, 
Moses says the, the command of God right now is like, you guys need to calm your heart. You need to be still. You need to trust God in this moment. And every once in a while, at the most inconvenient times in our life, we get called into these moments. Now, remember this story. Children of Israel, they're, they're, they're caught between, let's say, a rock in a hard place and, and chariots in a sea. And, 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 and in this moment, they're called to be still and trust God. If we fast forward a little bit in Scripture, we come to 1 Chronicles chapter 14, and here's a story about David. Now, uh, the David we're talking about is, yes, David and Goliath, David who was a shepherd boy. David was anointed to be king over Israel, uh, and then after that, he defeats the Goliath, and he goes back to tending the sheep. Then he leads the armies, uh, and then he's called into Saul's courts, and he plays music for him. Uh, Saul becomes jealous of David. David then flees for his life. This is all the same David. David becomes king over Judah, but he's not king over all Israel. Finally, we come to this place in 1 Chronicles 14 where David has fought battles, he's been through a lot of stuff, he's followed God, he's been integrous, and now he is king over all of Israel. He is king over the entire kingdom. And it says this, it says that the Philistine army, when David became king over all of Israel, mobilized their forces to march against David. And so the Philistines arrived, they made a raid in the valley of Rephaim, and so David asked God, he said, should I go fight the Philistines? Uh, will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I'm gonna hand them over to you. So David goes, he fights this battle. He's done it before. He's asked God and he has this great victory and he scatters the Philistines. And David's exclamation was quite amazing. He says this, he says, God did it. He didn't say, I did it. He didn't say, I know how to do this. And he could have, he was a great military general. He was a great king, but he says, no, no, God did it. God did what he said he would do. He scattered my enemies and I won in battle. But the Bible says this, verse 13 of 1 Chronicles 14. But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. Now, in the midst of a situation like that, if I'm David and I've just defeated an army and they just go home and they try and regroup and they're try and poke their head out and say, we're gonna do this again and we're gonna come after you again. And if I were David, I'd be like, okay, well, we beat them once before. Joab, just take the army, just get everybody ready, go beat them again. We'll be back by dinner time. Uh, no worries here. We fought this battle before. But look at what it says about David. It says in verse 14, it says, once again, David asked God what to do. And it just shows the character and integrity of David that in the midst of what he knew, what he knew more than what he knew was that he needed to ask God. He needed to have the heart that lined up with what God wanted. And this was interesting because what God actually said this time was he says, go over by these trees and camp and wait. Wait till I give you the signal. Wait till you hear the sound of marching in the treetops. Then you will know it's my timing. Then you will know that I'm saying go. And I can imagine leaders in David's army, generals saying, David, we've done this before. What do you mean we're just gonna go to this spot and we're gonna wait? And I mean, I'm sure they were all men of authority and knew how to follow commands, but it's interesting that in the midst of movement, in the midst of advancement, in the midst of David taking hold of his kingdom, God asks him 
to wait in this particular battle. See, I believe that even though God wants us to wait at times, to be still at times, it comes at the most inconvenient times, it's really all about God wanting us to be ready, to be prepared, because he does have plan, he does have purpose, he wants to lead us forward, but he wants us to walk that out in his stillness, in his grace, and in his strength. And sometimes the waiting, the call to be still, comes because we need to build trust. You see, uh, being ready involves trust, being ready involves obedience, being ready involves preparation of stillness so we can find the right rhythms of what God wants to do in our lives. But sometimes we're so frantic, and what I want us to know today is first and foremost, don't beat yourself up because there is struggle in the stillness. No matter where you're at in life, whether you're in a place where it feels like the children of Israel, where you feel stuck, where you feel anxious, where you feel attacked, where you feel overwhelmed, maybe God's calling you to find a stillness and a peace in him There is a struggle in the stillness and you're not alone in that struggle because everybody faces at times, but it doesn't change the fact that God has a peace and a stillness that he wants us to live in. But you might be on the other side where, excuse me, there's a struggle in the stillness because you've been there, you fought this battle, you know what you're doing, you know how to make this work, you know how to fix things. And Often in my life, when I'm trying to make something happen, I'm trying to fix something, God says, you just need to be still. You need to slow down. You need to calm yourself. You need to rest in this because I wanna do this a different way. There will be a struggle in you because just like there's a struggle in me because we come to this place where we say, God, but I could fix this. I could figure this out on my own. And maybe God wants that obedience and to work in us this stillness. You see, whether you're anxious, caught, stuck, whether you think you know what you're doing, you're successful, you could do this on your own, the stillness will always cause an agitation on the inside of you, and and that's part of the reason the stillness is so important, because God is doing something in the midst of that. So I want you to know that there's struggle in the stillness, and you're not alone in that, but I also want you to know that the waiting that you get called to will be a workout. The waiting that you're called to will be a Workout. Now, I've been to the gym before. I haven't been very often lately, but what I do know about working out is that rest time is just important as uh, lift time or strengthening time. And, and I remember going to the gym years ago when I got a, uh, a workout routine by a friend who uh, was a bodybuilder, and uh, they gave me this routine, and she's like, okay, this should take you about an hour and 20 minutes. And I looked at the list and I'm like, I could run through all those sets in about 30 minutes and be in and out of the gym and on with my day. But what I was taught and what I learned very quickly was that in the midst of that, the rest time is just important as all of the sets that you were gonna do because that's where your muscles begin to strengthen. That's where they begin to repair and renew. And I want you to know this, though the waiting is hard at times because it's working on our obedience, it's working on our trust, The waiting will be a workout for us, but when God works in us, we can trust that he's building towards what he's calling us 
to do. And so sometimes we're worried, sometimes we're frantic, sometimes we're doing all of these things, but sometimes God calls us to those waiting moments, those rest periods, because not only does he wanna work some things in us, he wants to work out all of the things that we get worked up about. See, sometimes we have to ask ourselves this question, why am I so worked up about this? Is there something in me, God, that I need you to show me, to reveal to me, to work on because I'm not living in peace and stillness the way you would have me to? And there's a waiting in the workout. But the good news in all of this is is that even though there's struggle in stillness, there's uh, waiting is a workout there, there is a cloud, there's a presence of God that carries us in the midst of all of these things. You see, in the story of the children of Israel, when they were anxious, when they were confronted with the Red Sea, with the enemy coming against them, the Bible says this, the Bible says that the cloud that was leading them, the presence of God, See, we believe in following Jesus. We believe that the presence of God is so important for our lives. And sometimes we don't experience it. We don't see it. We don't know how to walk and move in rhythm and timing because we're wrestling with the need to be still. We're wrestling with the waiting. But it's in those moments where we can find that there is a cloud, there's a presence of God that wants to cover us, lead us, protect us, and cause us to walk in the confidence that God has for us trusting him. And in the story of the children of Israel, what happened was the cloud that was leading them, it says it moved around behind them and it was between them and the Egyptian army while God was working. And sometimes in your life, you might feel like, God, I don't know what's going on. I still feel stuck. But do not forget that the presence of God is available and ready for you to experience. And sometimes it is covering you. And that is the thing that is protecting you and covering your heart and your mind while God is working when you don't see it. And we need the presence of God to still our hearts, to find that grace, to find that peace, to find that confidence. And, and, and uh, it's just like in, in the, the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel, after he defeats the prophets of Baal, Elijah goes to the mountain, he prays, and he sends his servant out to the mountaintop seven times because he's praying for rain, and, and, and he's not seeing anything, and it's not working out yet, and there's probably a travail and a struggle and a persistence that was needed. But the, the seventh time, the servant comes back, and he says, hey, I see, a, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Can I just tell you that the presence of God is still present? The presence of God is still moving? The presence of Jesus wants to lead you in hope, peace, in harmony, in, in the midst of the struggle. God's presence wants to carry you, cover you, protect you, lead you, guide you. And sometimes in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the stillness, we're looking for all of these answers and we're not being still. We're actually chasing a whole bunch of things. And sometimes what we really need to do is settle in and be ministered to by the presence of God. You know, this same cloud that protected them, the Bible says that Israel followed the cloud throughout their life. And, and it, it was like this, that God had said to Moses, they, they were kind of arguing about, um, you know, God was like, I don't know if I can dwell among the people. They're, they're hard-hearted, they're, they're stiff-necked. And Moses is like, listen, God, if you're not going with us, if you're not leading with us, we don't want to move from this place. 
And so God's like, I will be with you. I'll go with you. And, and then so the presence of God in, in their day, in their time, it, it, it sat over the tabernacle. It, it filled the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and they would uh, go and they could experience the presence of God. And Moses and Joshua would be in the tabernacle. And it says a lot of people stood and watched, but maybe if we would get more involved in waiting on God, seeking after his presence, we would find the stillness that we desired. Exodus 33, verse 14 and 15, he said, the Lord said to Moses, I will personally go with you and I will give you rest. In Exodus chapter 40, it talks about how the cloud moved. But what I really want us to lean into and what I want to leave you with today is, I believe that if we're going through life and we're, we're struggling for stillness, if we're, if we're in this waiting period and, it, and it's working a whole lot of things in our life, I believe that we can take on three practices that help us to live in stillness. Because living in stillness is not about a moment. It's not about a one-time thing. I actually believe that it's about a, a call of God for us to walk out our days, to go through what we need to go through, to deal with the pressures and the, the areas and situations of life that we all face, but we, we do them with peace of mind and heart because there is a stillness in our heart and our soul that we know that the presence of God is leading us, it's guiding us, he's with us, and we can trust that. And so what I wanna give you today is three practices to live constantly in stillness. And I think these are things we need to work in our lives. And so when this message is over, I'm, I'm gonna challenge you to take these things. And I want you to just say, God, help me work these into my life. So if we're gonna live in stillness, three practices that I believe that we need to incorporate in our lives. Number one is this, we need to learn how to slow our heart. To slow our heart. When the people got all worked up in Exodus chapter 14, this is what Moses said to them. Don't be afraid. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Verse 14, the Lord himself will fight with you for you. Just stay calm. Now, if God's giving you a directive and a word to move and you're just standing still, I mean, different story, but there are times we're trying to make things happen, we're trying to do all these things, we're all worked up, we're anxious, and there are moments where we just need to say, God, I ultimately put my trust in you, I put my hope in you, and I am gonna wait in your presence, and I'm gonna trust that you are working while I'm waiting, and I can calm my heart, because sometimes what we need to do is just check ourselves and remember who God is, that's why Psalm 46 at the beginning of the message said, be still and know that I am God. When is the last time you just took a moment to sit in the, the stillness and the quiet and realize how amazing, incredible, and vast God is? It'll change your heart. It'll change your perspective. It'll help you to see that he is bigger than all of the things, than all of the stuff that we're dealing with. So we need to slow our heart and we need to sometimes ask again. Remember David? In the midst of the uproar, you know, I can imagine that he's having, you know, coffee one day and, and the, uh, the commanders of the armies come and they're like, hey, you know, remember the Philistines that we beat a few months back? Hey, they're back again. We better get ready for battle. Don't wait, don't delay. And you know what David does? He's like, 
I'm just, I'm just going to finish this coffee right now. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to ask God again what we should do. Like, don't get worked up. Don't jump up. Don't do all the things. Like, do we have the fortitude and the, 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 the knowledge to know within ourselves? Sometimes we just need to take it slow and say, God, what do you want me to do right now? And he asked again. So we need to learn how to slow our heart if we're gonna live in stillness. The second thing we need to practice is how to set our ear. So just like David asked again and he said, uh, God, I wanna hear what you want to say. When he was told to wait, what David was actually put into was a position of actively listening and waiting. He had to get to the place by the, the, the poplar trees where he needed to say, uh, we need to be quiet enough, we need to be ready enough that when God gives the signal, when we hear the sound of marching in the treetops, that it's time to go. And it isn't always easy to hear what God wants us to do in life because we're so restless, our minds are filled with so many things, our eyes are bombarded with so many images, our heart takes in so much social media, so much content, so many things that can affect our hearing. And do we create margin and space to have our ear tuned to and set to the voice of God? Because if we don't practice this, the voice of God will not be louder than the voice of everything around us. Can I tell you something? One voice is always louder than the other, and it's usually the one you choose to magnify, the one you choose to tune your ear to, and we need to set our ear to what God is saying and what he's speaking to our hearts and our lives, and in every situation. I, I just believe this. If you would ask God about your situations, he will speak, but sometimes we gotta wait, and we gotta keep our ears open, and we need to listen so if we're gonna live in stillness, we practice slowing our heart, we practice setting our ear. And this last one, uh, probably my least favorite, but probably the most important is uh, we need to practice submission, submitting to his command and his timing. And, and that's a tough thing for some of us, saying, God, your timing is better than my timing. What you want for me is better than what I want for me. What you're trying to do in me and through me and in your people is more important than some of the things even we think that we want at times. And so we, it, when we practice these things, when we practice slowing our heart, when we practice setting our ear, and when we practice ongoing submission to God's voice and his timing and his command, then we can move forward in confidence and peace of heart and mind and stillness why? Not because we've done anything special on our own. It's because we actually trust Jesus more. We've taken the time to trust him above anything else and so we can walk in confidence because we've heard God. We've calmed ourselves. We've submitted to his command and his timing. And an amazing example of this is in Exodus chapter 40, verse 36 and verse 37. It says, now, Whenever the cloud, remember the cloud we talked about, lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. Like, that's pretty incredible. Like, you're talking about a million plus people, and they'd set up camp in the desert, in the wilderness, and, you know, maybe you got a spot next to a neighbor you like finally. 
Maybe you just got all your camping furniture the way you want it. Maybe you got your hammock set up, all those things. And it's like, I can imagine people would wake up one morning and someone's like, hey, the cloud's moving again. And you would have to pack everything up and move to where God led you next. And for us, this is hard because we're creatures of habit. And sometimes God wants to start moving and we want to resist because we haven't submitted to his timing, to his rhythms, to his authority. But there's also times that we get tired of sitting in camp and we're like, well, why hasn't it moved yet? Why hasn't God led me out of this situation? Why hasn't he moved me forward? And can I tell you that the greatest thing that is gonna cause you to live in peace and stillness is realizing Psalm 46.10 that we need to be still and realize that he is God. I'm not God, you're not God, he is God. And when we submit to his rhythms, to his timing, to his command, we can walk in the most confidence, strength and peace that we've ever had. So why don't you take time this week to do that? Practice living in stillness. Work it into your life. It isn't always easy, but I promise you it's worth it in the long run because I don't know about you, but I do know about me. And I should probably be trusting Jesus more than I trust myself because he is God and I'm not. So I'm just going to be still. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Saints Church podcast today. I hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can head to our website at saintschurch.ca for service times and more online content. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.